micro ultrasound is now being promoted as a possible technology to replace MRI of the prostate. What are your thoughts on this? Micro ultrasound was developed by my colleague, Francois Cornude in Paris. He trained me uh, in 2000 and, and, and before that in the, in the imaging. He developed the 30 megahertz micro ultrasound. We found that about five, six years ago and it just started being used in, in the uh, United States area. It's good. It has a higher accuracy, but it doesn't do the the grading that we have with the Doppler ultrasound, which is still superior. And it's, it's when it first developed, it was limited to a few um, millimeters or a few centimeters. Now they say the technology is, can go to five centimeters, according to the, the literature from last year. But again, it's depth limited and it can't see, it, it will miss things outside the prostate capsule. So yeah, it's a good technology, but what we're using works fine and uh, the, hopefully they'll make it better. And it will not do elastography, which shows tumor hardness. So yeah, of course, use it at all. And um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm happy to uh, see any of your scans or pictures from it and I'll see if I can be of assistance to you. Excellent, Dr. Bart. Thank you. And up next, we have David A. Hi, David. Welcome. Hi, how you doing? Great. Welcome. Um, I had a question regarding biopsies as far as prostate um, to check for prostate cancer. When you do a biopsy, isn't there a, a potential problem that you might miss it? In other words, you do a biopsy, but you might miss getting the right area when you do a biopsy. And secondly, after doing a biopsy, is there any chance that that in itself can cause the cancer to spread to other areas of the body? Thank you. Yes, yes, and yes. The theoretically, the cancers that are in the biopsy tract that are left in the biopsy tract will not cause cancer regrowth. That's that's a question. One of the studies they did in breast cancer at John Wayne Cancer Institute uh, many years ago, they found that when they did needle biopsies on breast cancer, people would die more quickly from metastases because theoretically the cancer cells spread and went to other areas. In the prostate, it may be less true, but you're still spreading cancer cells with that risk. What most people recognize or recommend now is cut out the whole breast tumor so you don't uh, spread cells or, or miss part of it. The, the, before you get a prostate biopsy, you have to see where it is and where it isn't. Also with, the, with our 4D technology, we see if the capsules violated or not. Let's go back to cancer biology. When there's a cancer, many things happen. The cancer cells will grow. The body will fight it off. So you have immune, immune cells that are trying to fight the cancer going into it. You also have scar tissue from the cancer healing. And then you have inflammatory tissue. So you have 
cancer plus three other factors going on. We learned this in skin cancer because we'd see a big area that looked like cancer, but only a small part would be a true cancer and all the rest would be inflammatory disease or oncologic cells going into or scar tissue. So image first before you get a biopsy. Thanks very, very much for that, Dr. Bard. And up next, we have Carol. Welcome, Carol. Hi. I would just like to have the previous question answered. How do we um, get or make a, tele, a telehealth uh, appointment to become a telehealth patient of yours? Uh, give my office a call. And we have a program manager who does, we have a wire, we have, look, I do digital imaging. In, I said, I trained a fellow 25 years ago in my office and he opened up a clinic in, in Australia. So I, I routinely review his problem MRIs and, uh, and ultrasound scans remotely. So we have remote access anywhere in the world with this technology. So yeah, is telehealth available? We can do it. That's a whole other lecture, which I can, maybe I can give it uh, tomorrow night when we, we, when we talk uh, at our, our seven o'clock event. I can show some of that to telehealth. But yeah, it's doable. It can be done. It should be done. And again, it's, it's done worldwide in Europe. My colleagues have written textbooks on, on telehealth in, uh, in Spain and Germany and, and France. Excellent. Thanks very much for that, Dr. Bard. And now we have Kathy. Hi, Kathy. Hi. It's me again. Uh, have, doctor, have you ever seen cancer forming after an incidence of a MRSA infection? In other words, does, do infections start, uh, are, is, are those, uh, can they eventually turn into something that is cancerous? Okay, MRSA, no, but let's go back to the focus of your question. Does inflammation, especially chronic inflammation, increase your risk of cancer? And the answer is yes. I showed you the slide from the World Conference in inflammatory skin disease. And the answer was chronic inflammation leads to increased incidence of cancer and increased incidence of heart disease and stroke. So it's, it's chronic cancer or poorly treated cancer has systemic effects throughout the body. Thank you very much for that, Dr. Bard. And actually, Carol is back, I believe. Hi, Carol. Hi, thanks. I would like to know if there would be a, a better way to do my breast MRI. Would this 2D digital imaging or the linear sonogram uh, do a better, give a better diagnosis? MRI is a standard tool for finding cancer. Once again, it's got a lot of false positives and negatives in the prostate and in the breast. The ultrasound technology 
with all the ultrasound technologies, the, the blood flow, the contrast ultrasound, the elastography, the Doppler ultrasound, the 3D and 4D components make it more accurate. So there's no 100% way, but we have ways of doing it better. What we do is, first of all, we ask the patient to, to show us where the lump is, if there is a lump. Secondly, we give the patient the probe to put on the lump to make sure that the lump they feel is, this, is the lump we're targeting. And then we do examination of everything else around the body, like the lymph nodes. And if it looks like cancer, we see if it's spread to the, the liver, the, the, the lymph nodes in the abdomen. So there, there are ways to do it. Now, linear ultrasound is, uh, it depends on the frequency you're using. There are many different kinds of ultrasound system. We have, look, if you, it depends on the experience of the person, on the quality of the ultrasound. There are, there are ultrasound systems that are cost $20,000. There are ultrasound systems that cost $200,000. There are ultrasound systems that cost $2,000. So, uh, um, you know, different technology, you have to see what's uh, going on. If you have questions, send your images to me and I'll give it a second uh, review. Thanks very much for that, Dr. Bard. And um, let's see now, we have David A. is back. Welcome, David A. Hi, I had a follow-up question I was hoping you could help me with. Um, a friend of mine, a friend of mine had um, had prostate cancer and he had prostate uh, surgery using robotics and he became disabled. It, at that time, I guess robotics were, were in its infancy. So my question to you is, if someone had an aggressive form of prostate cancer, can you give the pros and cons of using robotics versus standard surgery? I would say the question is, is the tumor focal or not focal? If it's focal and not spread, there are ways to deal with a focal tumor without a surgery or radiation. You, you freeze it or heat it or laser it uh, or use focused ultrasound like they've been using for, for, to kill brain cancers for 70 years now. So first of all, see what it is and where it is. More importantly, to see if it's aggressive or not. If it's a low-grade prostate cancer, uh, a lot of people might uh, watch it as they do now. Excellent. Thanks very much, Dr. Bard. And looks like we have a follow-up from Ben. Hi, Ben. Welcome again. Oh, hang on, Ben. I'm sorry. Here we go. Hi, Ben. I'm going to unmute you myself. I don't. I want to make sure you don't hit that button. Hi, Ben. Welcome back. Yeah. Hi, you. Thank you very much. My question is, um, do you think the uh, tumor... Up at 11 o'clock. Oh, yes. hang on. Just, hang on, Ben, one second. Okay, go right ahead again. Sorry about that. Okay. And thank you very much. I got, because um, I saw them, I published some book about the immune system during our... The, um, I agree your treatment. Some um, We have to improve the immune system because in the research, we found that thymus can decrease during um, the patient if they have the cancer. So the 
immune system is mostly important. The treatment. So I think no matter which is the cancer, we have to protect our the inside the immune system, the whole body to be healthy. That's the best way to treat. I don't know. That, that's great. That makes a lot of sense. And, and do you have a question as well? My question is, how can we improve our immune system inside? There are many ways to improve the immune system. There are, there's yoga, there's uh, meditation, things that reduce stress that work very well. There's um, antioxidants. We, we have our whole list of uh, nutraceuticals that we work uh, to treat um, cancers with. If you call my office, we have a list of uh, patented uh, antioxidants that um, we make in the United States for increasing receptivity to the antioxidants therapy and also reducing the uh, potential spread of, of cancer. As a matter of fact, one of the antioxidants we have for, uh, for treating prostate cancer was used by the prostate cancer patients' wives for breast pain and breast cancer, because it's the same thing. For glandular cancers, which are made worse by immune system weakness, if you increase the immune system strength, you will be able to uh, fight the cancer off better in many cases. Got it. Thanks very much, uh, Dr. Bard. And looks like Kathy is back with another follow-up. And welcome back, Kathy. Hi. Yeah, thank you. Um, first, a comment about the immune system. And then I have a question. And that is the, um, I think for me, uh, leafy green vegetables, leafy greens, uh, have improved my immune system immensely. And I've seen changes in my skin, um, changes in my energy, uh, and just through the improving my microbiome. The um, question I have is regarding two lumps that I have on my ankles that when I was a kid, when I was about eight years old, I had surgery to remove this lump on my knee. And, you know, at that time, eight years old, they didn't tell me what it was. But I kind of got this impression that it was, I thought it was a bone that they just sawed it off. Well, recently I've developed similar lumps and I think it's the same dig on thing that I had when I was eight and I'm 65 now. Um, but they did a diagnostic uh, imaging ultrasound on them and said, concluded that it was like a fatty tumor. And now listening to you, I'm thinking, well, is this something that I now have to watch? Can it metastasize into something different? Okay, a quick answer to that. First of all, things that feel like fat, as I showed in one of the slides, can be uh, lymphomas of the soft tissue. So it can be a low-grade cancer. <coughs> uh, secondly, if it's a cystic tumor, which can feel fatty like a ganglion cyst from a tendon, this can be uh, you know, injected or drained. Of course, if this cyst is inside a joint and it's not just on the tendon, it goes into the joint, then it's, uh, it requires surgical 
treatment to remove the neck of it. So uh, get, the, get them to do a blood flow test on the, on the tumor, see if there are blood vessels in it or not. Thanks very much, Dr. Bard. And we now have a question coming in from Ainsley. Welcome, Ainsley. Hello, hello, everyone. Well, doctor, I as, as what I said in the chat, I was white like your coat because everybody's scared of cancer. Um, I'm actually grating some broccoli right now to get my sulforaphane content. Doctor, on a personal, personal note, maybe I'm the last question. Are we winning the battle of cancer? As a school teacher, you know, we normally sit down in our class and wonder, has the students grasped the concept of nouns and adverbs and adjectives and all of that? In your personal opinion, sitting down there, are we winning, winning this battle on cancer? The battle lines have changed because now we're exposed to toxins from plastic. We're exposed to, uh, for example, in all the war zones, toxins from burning fuel or the military has uh, dump sites and, uh, and burn pits throughout uh, Asia. And, you know, the, the air from uh, a Seattle fire can spread to Washington or, or Europe in a couple of days with the wind stream. So you can't answer the question because the environment has changed. We went from a, a lifestyle where we're not exposed to uh, electromagnetics like we are in cell phones and ethernet and internet and everything that's floating around us in the electromagnetic spectrum. So we don't know the answer. The whole idea is to find it, get checked, Get checked now. We have a whole lecture on get get checked now that I'll I'll try to present uh, uh, Friday at our our talk. But we we've won in some areas. We can do it better in many areas. And the idea to make cancer treatment better is to tell your doctor, educate your doctor, and if you live in the United States, tell your legislators to get the better, the better cancer technologies and treatments approved by the, the state. Don't be limited by what a, uh, a, a functionary, what a, uh, a, let's see, a politician will tell you what's good for you and what's bad for you. Let your doctor do what he thinks is best and make sure your doctor understands that you're interested in all the possible options and work with them to make sure he has looked at everything with you on the internet that is possible. Thanks very much for that, doctor. Um, we're, we'll be coming to a close soon and, and we really appreciate all your time. Uh, how often can cancer be reversed with diet and lifestyle? Well, as I said, one of the, it, can, it can be. The question is, will it be for you? It's obvious. It, it, a good state of mental health and antioxidants and uh, right diet and what work very well. If you're, uh, it can be, it's hopeful. I believe in hope. I, be, I believe in make sure your hopefulness is followed by imaging to make sure it's going away and not getting worse. Got it. It hasn't recurred. Remember, melanoma can recur 25 years later from one cell. 
Got it. And do you, for, for patients that have been through your program, um, do you recommend that they, they follow that type of diet and lifestyle uh, after they've seen you? Or is that not something you get into? I'm just curious. No, of course we get into healthy lifestyle. Yeah. We have, I work with teams of psychologists and nutritionists in our center. So we offer ideas to everybody that we hope they follow. What we offer specifically with me is the imaging follow-up to make sure what, what the cancer is, if it's aggressive or not, if the treatment you are using is working or not, and if it's spread anywhere else. And, or if, there's, if there are better ways to treat it, like the question on the uh, 29 megahertz technology that came in from Europe. It can work better, but it's, it's limited. It does some things, but it doesn't do everything. It's not a substitute for what else we have.